Sullivan, and I'm your host, a certified life coach and an autistic parent. I am so excited to welcome Skye Rapson to the podcast today. Skye is a doctoral candidate in population health and was diagnosed with ADHD at the start of her doctorate. She then founded Unconventional Organization, which is spelled with an S in organization, which provides strengths-based, research-backed online coaching for clients with ADHD. Before I introduce Sky, I'd like to thank all of my patrons for supporting this episode of Neurodiverging. I hope that you are all enjoying all of the new neurodiversity resources that came out this month. Uh, patrons receive exclusive access to lots of goodies, including access to my back catalog of recorded neurodiversity-related webinars, self-help and coaching downloads, a 15% discount to my course, Autistic Emotions Explained, and many, many more perks. If you want to be one of these amazing folks and support Neurodiverging, please check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash neurodiverging. The link is below. You can pledge a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars a month to support the podcast and keep it going. Funding also goes to help me provide support for low-income neurodivergent clients, so it is very, very appreciated. Plus, through the end of March, all new patron pledges are being donated to support relief efforts for the Marshall Fires. And if you donate $5 or more, you'll get a surprise in the mail. It's a great opportunity to check out all of the patron-only resources and help a fantastic cause. Learn more, please, at the link below. Without further ado, let me introduce you to founder, ADHD coach, and researcher Sky Rapson. Sky is an academic with over seven years of experience working in adult education. She has studied in various fields, including psychology, sociology, and public health, and is now a doctoral candidate in population health. Sky was diagnosed with ADHD at the start of her doctorate, and since then she has dedicated time to researching and disseminating ADHD studies, focusing on supporting others with strengths-based, neurodiverse-friendly tools and systems. Sky founded Unconventional Organization with an S in Organization, which provides strengths-based, research-backed online coaching for clients with ADHD. Sky is based in Australia, but serves folks worldwide. You know how much I care about research-backed interventions when it comes to supporting neurodivergent folks, so it is no surprise that I loved this conversation with Skye. Today, we're talking about Skye's background and how she found out about her ADHD in the midst of her doctoral program, how and why she started her ADHD coaching business, and then we're spending the bulk of our time with tips and tricks to help ADHDers stay organized and confident at work and at school, which is Skye's specialty. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome, Sky to Neurodiverging. It's great to have you today. How are you doing? Thanks. Thanks. It's good to be here. Yeah. Sky, for those who are just catching up, is a neurodiverse academic and the founder of Unconventional Organization. And you were a late diagnosed or late identified ADHD, right? And have started this business pretty recently to help other ADHD folks. So can you tell us a little bit about um, your what made you seek the ADHD diagnosis and what it changed for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, so I didn't really seek an ADHD diagnosis, which in hindsight, as I'm sure for lots of people feels like, why not? <laughs> but um, but oh, I actually, um, I struggled with grammar throughout my master's. Um, you know, my responses were like, great, but like the writing, you know, should probably do something about that. So I um, so I thought I might have dyslexia and I went and got um, tested for that or just for everything in general with the university's inclusive learning center. And they came back and they said, nope, you have ADHD. And I went, what is ADHD? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, and so, yeah, I, um, they were like, you have to go get diagnosed. And I did. And, and, I, and I found out about it and it was, it was a big 
a big shift actually it was it was huge because I think it really explained a lot of things that I'd been doing you know I'd been academic hopping around if that makes sense <laughs> yes I did that too <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah everything is like oh I did that for a year let me do something else and enjoy it department and it's good to just gather lots of information from different departments you know that was my justification and then um and then when I got the diagnosis I was like oh okay this might be what's actually going on and that made a huge difference and it also gave me something that I was interested in that was enduring because I'd, mm-hmm. I'd been sort of struggling with that as well like what am I gonna do with my academic life and that provided an answer and a question yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so that's really interesting. So you thought you had dyslexia and then it turned out to be ADHD. Were you familiar with ADHD at all before getting that information? Not really. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. I, I went and looked it up. I found how to ADHD like so many other people and, and watched everything <laughs> about, you know, about it. And, and, um, and then, yeah, I, I just, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really understand it, especially with adults. I had a mm-hmm. s- somewhat of an understanding about it from, I'd studied psychology in my um, postgraduate. And so I understood about ADHD, what we were taught, you know, in, in human development, that kind of thing. But that's very different from as an adult, I have ADHD. What does that mean? I had no idea what that meant. Yeah. So how did you get from there and being somewhat unfamiliar with ADHD in adults to kind of becoming an executive or ADHD coach, right? That's how you call yeah. yourself <laughs> over here in yeah. the United States. Sometimes they're called like executive function coaches or sometimes ADHD coaches too. So yeah, so that's yeah. a big leap. So how did you get there? Basically, I started from from pretty much at that point, I started a you know, a PhD alongside my PhD. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense because I had access, you know, I was very, very lucky to have access to all of the journals and articles to actually find the research, you know, so I watched and read everything I could. And then I was like, okay, I'm an academic. One of the things we get taught is like, you should, if you're interested in something, you should write blogs about it. You should, you know, do things about it. I had actually been in adult education for about eight years before that. I've been a youthline phone counselor before that. So when I fit, I started my doctorate, I was like, okay, I'm just going to focus on this research. And then I got diagnosed. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do something, <laughs> <laughs> something on the side as well. And so I, um, I started, um, I started doing, you know, the research myself. Um, and I also started working with the inclusive learning center because they, said when I got diagnosed, you know, you've got a lot of strategies and, and I'd already worked with um, developing groups. So I had, I developed a, um, a group for postgrads who were neurodiverse and we sort of worked together. And then from there, I, um, I started working with schools and I started writing um, a blog just to kind of get myself to, you know, do the research, yeah. if that makes sense, you know, having you that, need to like, have a reason deadline. to produce yeah. the thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I posted it on Facebook groups, because that was, you know, what I was doing, and people really liked it. And I thought, okay, let's try. You know, when lockdown came, um, I was working with schools, working with teacher aides, just sort of teaching them about ADHD and how it worked and, and how it kind of using my skills with psychology and sociology and adult education to kind of talk about this area and um but then lockdown happened so I couldn't do that anymore mm-hmm. so I thought okay let's try let's try working online as a coach I heard about it and I decided <laughs> to try it and developed slowly sort of one client at a time 
um, into what we have now. Yeah, that's like so exciting. And um, can you tell me more about like what your what 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 do you have now? <laughs> what do you guys do? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so at the moment we have um, there's myself and there's three other ADHD coaches. So they all have um, similar backgrounds to you know where I came from. They have ADHD themselves. They have worked in various sort of helping um, community support jobs so social worker teacher um health therapist you know yeah. and so um they also then worked with me in terms of adding that research element so they've yeah. been working with me for you know a couple of months and they'll do do the training and learn the research and all that kind of stuff and yeah so there's um there's those people they're amazing um really awesome and i'm very lucky to be able to have people who you know, are as enthusiastic about it as I am. And we also have online coaching, um, online courses, and we have um, the same articles pretty much yeah. <laughs> as we did at the beginning. <laughs> They're called articles now, not blogs, because eventually I was putting enough references in them that I was like, this is an article. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, just everything that we talk about really is, is just on those articles that you can read about different routines and, and like, combining research with what you know we work with every day with with people as well yeah that practical aspect is so important but then I love that you're evidence-based and research-based because and that's something I try to do too because I feel like there's so much bad information out there about neurodivergence or old information sometimes that it's great to have be able to recommend resources that are evidence-based that are looking at the actual research that's out there so that's awesome yeah (laughs) yeah well it was a really fun um experience I I had been doing research for such a long time it was sort of ingrained to add references to everything Mm -hmm. I just couldn't help it yeah you do it that's what you learn when you go through a master's (laughs) (laughs) and then um and then yeah and then it was interesting people really appreciated it which was great because no one really cared when you were doing a master's they were like yeah whatever maybe I'll read it maybe I won't um and um and then also just yeah having the um having the ability to be like this is what this is what the latest research is now Mm -hmm. very lucky to have an actual researcher on board with us and he does literature reviews for different topics before we actually write about them so we have a lot more confidence that's so helpful Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's one really day <laughs> I will have a researcher on my team. That would be amazing. Highly yeah. recommend. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thank you for that. So what are some of the most common issues that clients come to you with as an ADHD coach? Because I there's such a broad variety of ADHDers out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you find? Initially it felt like that people coming for a whole bunch of different reasons, but after a while, you know, especially because when we when they come to us, they write a little thing in the 20 minute consultation. Mm-hmm. Why are you here? I went through and had a look at them. And um, a lot of people come for essentially what I would call overwhelm. Yeah. So they come because for whatever reason, they've been sort of trucking along, you know, doing, doing well, you know, and then something happens and it's just one thing too much. Mm-hmm. It might be a job, a new, sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a promotion. Sometimes it's job loss. Sometimes it's COVID, you know, all of yeah. those kinds of things. And people just go, Mm-mm, this is, this is it. I was at capacity and then you added one more thing and I can't, can't handle it. I feel overwhelmed. My, my systems that I had in place that were kind of there, but I didn't really know, like, we sort of build our own systems, especially if we don't know we have ADHD, we build them somewhat like 
based on trial and error. You're like, this works. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So, so, you know, that, that system isn't working and now I need help, you know, or sometimes people come because they've gotten diagnosed and now they're like, Oh, like I got diagnosed. I'm on this, you know, diagnostic path, but I want to learn more. So yeah, it's kind of like, whatever it is, it's just one thing too much. (laughs) Yeah. That's really interesting. That's also, that's a lot of, um, I'm autistic, so I work with ADHDers, and a lot of autistics are also ADHD. I know you kind of work that that crossover too yeah, in the population, yeah. and it's it's so interesting because a lot of autistics also just hit that overwhelm point, um, and something breaks, and they need to develop new routines, new systems, new everything mm-hmm. around it. So yeah, yeah, lots of crossover. Yeah, and do you work mostly with ADHDers, or do you? Because I know you work with ADHD neurodivergence in general, but ADHD yeah. autism people who are crossed over are there any other groups that you kind of specifically work with we work with adhd what we call adhd plus yeah. so you know you have adhd as part of a spectrum there's mm-hmm. a lot of other you know we know that research is a lot of comorbidities around adhd yeah. we tend to work sort of with the adhd specifically but then you know we have a lot of clients who have adhd and autism and they find that they the strategies for ADHD are helpful for, for some of the autism as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it just depends, but yeah. yeah, we work with, with people who have a lot of different things, but focusing on our scope within that. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of crossover with ADHD and other occurring yes. issues. So yeah. 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 Cool. No. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you today about ADHD at work. <laughs> I know we talked about this a little bit before, but um, I know a lot of ADHD adults, have trouble staying organized at work. There's a lot of demands. There's a lot of interruptions with like people pop in and ask you to do a thing while you're doing something else and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it can be hard to keep track of everything and kind of prioritize optimally, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask if you have any like strategies or advice for those people and what can we do to help them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good question. I mean, we have, we have lots of strategies because of the fact that this is a big area that people yes. work with us on mm-hmm. um the number one the, sort of the first thing if someone comes to us and they say i'm struggling at work is we try and figure out we try and establish the expectations of the job mm-hmm. because sometimes it's it's difficult to know it might be a new job or there might be expectations that are being um set up that aren't actually there or there might be expectations that are not going to be working with adhd accommodations and yeah. what what you need so we try and uh, you know talk to people about you know speaking to a colleague or a supervisor and just kind of getting a lay of the land a little bit like what am I supposed to do like actually <laughs> like mm-hmm. how many emails like what's the response time like how many errors do people generally make on this document before it gets sent through like all of those very practical things mm-hmm. and then once we have that understanding we can go okay this is what this is what your expectations are. This is where you're at. You know, sometimes people are doing more than they're expected to do and not realizing it because we have a lot of self-criticism sometimes with ADHD and that perfectionism of like, I can do it in two days. And everyone's like, great. I don't know why, but okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then that can create really. So sometimes there's that side as well, which we don't always talk about. And then sometimes it's also, you know, being late or, or forgetting things is a huge factor as well. And so we start to kind of, get closer to what what the expectation of the workplace is and what the person's happy with and then try and do accommodations and that can be setting up um often it's a 
as a, t a planner that works mm. for people. So an ADHD friendly planner, because people are like, I hate planners, I hate routines. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I swear this one's neurodiverse friendly. Like we have reasons behind it and why it exists and things like that. So we try and do things that take into account time blindness and working memory. And, um, and then we work specifically. And sometimes it's very, very specific. If you have a, a workplace that, for example, like, well, I can't carry a notebook or I can't do this or I can't do that. Those are, the, those are the ones that we really need to kind of develop and test. We're always mm -hmm. testing strategies with people about, okay, let's try this system, come back next week. Some of it will work, some of it won't. And we'll keep adjusting it until it does work for you perfectly. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. Yeah, I think it's, I love that you're creating a measurable system for folks, because I think, like you said, a lot of neurodivergent people are doing better than they think they are, and yeah. just don't have, um, you know, haven't kept a history of what they've been doing. So they can't see yeah. that, we can't see that we're doing better than we can. So I love that it's measurable. And the testing is so important, because you don't know what works. And sometimes you have to tweak a yeah. lot, you know, to get to somewhere that someone's doing really well. Yeah. Yeah, so often it's it's not in the the strategy. Sometimes it's, you know, people are like, oh, that's that's great. I actually did that three months ago and it worked and then it didn't and I don't know why and I stopped, you know, so it's yeah. pulling those pieces and going, you already had a lot of these things yourself, but we're mm -hmm. just giving you the link to like the why. This is based on, you know, research. This was supporting your working memory and then, you know, flexibility needed to be added, but it didn't and that's why it fell down and kind yeah. of putting those pieces together giving that confidence and then at the same time being like, let's just experiment, you know, mm -hmm. let's just try it. If it doesn't work, that's totally fine. Like we'll, we'll adjust, you know, we have the systems, we have the ability rather than like, here's the perfect system. It didn't work. Oh no, I guess we'll just stop trying, yeah. you know, which is so common that how it feels sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of us get stuck in that black, white thinking of, you know, oh, it's either going to work perfectly the first time or I have failed uh -huh. as a person. And yeah. that, that um, permission to be flexible and to try new things and to fail yeah. is yeah. such an important piece of coaching, I think, because, and, and, you know, for, for us to internalize as well, because you're going to have to fail if you want to make it work the best yeah. way it can, you know? So, and that's, that can be hard though. Yeah. It can be hard. We often <laughs> you know, talk about, you know, it's okay to bring your worst self to coaching. You know, it's great. That's wonderful. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, it's great on the days when you're like really motivated, those really high executive functioning weeks, you've got things done. They seem to work. That's awesome. But there's also those weeks where you just didn't have the bandwidth, nothing got done. And those are the weeks we can often do the most work because that's where the most troubleshooting occurs mm -hmm. and troubleshooting is such a huge part of what we do it's not just strategies it's about testing those strategies and experimenting mm -hmm. with your life specifically yeah. yeah and when you need the most support is the perfect yeah. time to exactly. test how those supports yeah. are working right we're much more like nah I couldn't do that <laughs> on those weeks so. yeah yeah <laughs> you know right away if it's too much yeah. like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So that makes total sense. And what about, um, is there anything that you, I know this is a very broad question, <laughs> just, but is there anything that employers could be doing better for ADHDers in the workplace? Like from your perspective as a coach working with the employees, do you mm -hmm. see any patterns in terms of like what workplaces should be doing to offer more support or maybe to flip it, what ADHDers could be asking for in the workplace to help them more? 
Yeah, it's a really interesting question. A lot of times people come to us because they say, hey, I got diagnosed. I told my employer or maybe my employer already sort of knew because they were part of the process. Mm -hmm. And then they said, I really want to help you. You know, like, what can we do? And you went, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, So a lot of it's about accessing that information, like being able to, I think if an employer wants to work with their ADHD clients, it's a case of, you know, of going, okay, what what does that actually mean for them specifically, mm. for them as an adult? You know, one of the things that can happen is that they'll go, okay, well, none of your deadlines matter anymore. Don't worry about them. We'll just get to it when you get to it. But that can be really hard with ADHD. Yeah. And, you know, some of my clients are like, that's great. It helps with my anxiety. I can just kind of set my own goals. And some clients are like, that was the worst decision. <laughs> I will never, ever complete this work now if I don't have yeah, a deadline. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a deadline. The dopamine's gone. Like, you know, so it's, it's really about understanding sort of understanding the research, understanding what, what's going on. Like, okay, I have ADHD, which means I struggle with executive functioning, which means that I'm particularly struggling with working memory mm-hmm. or meetings are boring because I need that 10 minute break to go get some dopamine stimulation between meetings, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. But also I'm still myself and I'm still a person with my own experiences and my own life. So while other people might need a quiet place to work in, I want the flexibility to work in a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, a combination of of communicating just as you would with anybody and understanding that this person has a brain that works slightly differently and and sort of getting a sense of that yeah yeah so just even just the employer acknowledging that somebody might need something that's a little bit off the wall compared to the rest of the group is can be a big helper help to an individual yeah yeah and that they might need it they might say hey can I try a coffee shop and they'll come back and they'll be like actually you know what the coffee shop didn't Mm -hmm. work as well as I thought it did yeah yeah (laughs) you know so having that open communication about you know okay let's let's again let's try something and and see if it works and and have a bit of that flexibility it's complicated yeah (laughs) and I'm sure it's highly individualized which is why coaches exist right because (laughs) <laughs> yeah and not yeah. everything works for everybody so yeah. yeah or in every workplace sometimes people are like I really wish I could do that but I can't specifically in this workplace so then we have to work in additional accommodations yeah that makes sense thank you um is there anything that you wish that was more widely known about ADHD or about working with ADHD um, I know again it's different for every person but just from yeah. the folks you work with and talk to are there any reoccurring themes or patterns? Yeah, I think I wish I wish that people with AD, people with ADHD and people who knew people with ADHD knew that people with ADHD are often trying really hard a lot, mm-hmm. you know. And and you know, there's a sense of like, oh, people with ADHD aren't trying, or they, you know. But often the most hardworking people that I meet and talk to are people who have ADHD because they have a work to do and a home to, to run and then they also have you know all of these executive functioning things that they're trying to figure out and trying to fix and trying to keep up with and and you know things like taking a break on the weekend we talk about taking a no should day where yeah. you just take all your executive functioning you put it in a box and you just go today I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be and not worry about time and just get lost in things. And for a lot of people, they're like, I don't have time for that. I have so much work to do. You know, I have chores. And so, so a lot of it's also just like putting down a lot of that, you know, figuring out 
you know some of the expectations is, you know i wish people knew that like you got you're you're trying really really hard and you're actually doing a lot of work mm-hmm. it just doesn't always show up in because sometimes we can work in ways that aren't as helpful to us or yeah we're trying to do neurotypical ways of organizing and they're working only 70 percent of the time and we're not getting the dopamine for them in the same way as neurotypicals are anyway yeah so we're just constantly working. Yeah. Could be a drag. You're doing twice the work for 70% of the results sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. And people just don't realize that. And people around them don't realize that. And so a lot of times when people come to us, they're just completely exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Thank you. So good advice to <laughs> be, yeah, be, be, uh, be flexible with people keep that open mind don't always expect things to be done exactly the way that you would do them because yeah yeah. and recognize if you're you're trying really hard Mm -hmm. that's what you're doing even if you're not seeing success yet yeah you're like i am really give yourself that credit of yeah Yeah. of working really hard yeah Yeah. Yeah. well thank you for that um can you tell us more about unconventional organization and where people can find you yeah sure so you can find us at www w.unconventionalorganization.com um, you can also find us on unconventional organization across social media facebook instagram etc um unconventional organization with an s i was just gonna it. say for our american <laughs> listeners yeah. organization has an s in it so yeah uh, notice that please <laughs> yeah. yeah but um but other than that yeah we're we're an international um organization so we have coaches um, based in the U.S., based in Australia, that work with people around the world. We've worked with people from Japan, UK, like all kinds of places. Um, and um, we also have online courses that you can take um, developing ADHD-specific strategies for routines. We've got like a get and focus routine that works really well in the workplace, actually, to help you just kind of use research behind ADHD to kind of go through a five-step process to actually focus at work. Oh wow, um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and it works pretty well. You know, people have it's been tried throughout, you know, the year with with, with good results, but I always you know say bend it and break it as you will. Um, these are all these are all you know for you. And um and we also have the articles, you know, they're available for free. They have a lot of the strategies themselves in them. So feel free to browse. We have them in categories now, so you can search, you know, the workplace or overwhelm or routines and and find a bunch of a bunch of research-based strategies just there if you want them. That's wonderful. Thank you. And no do you have any last advice for ADHD folks listening or feeling overwhelmed in their own lives besides come talk to Sky and consider <laughs> coaching? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think um, I think it's just, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed in your own life, it's a case of of understanding we what we have um what we talk about a lot is this idea of strong strengths and strong weaknesses with adhd we have strong strengths you know we, we have you know that creativity that um, problem solving skills you know we're great at coming up with new ideas and we have strong weaknesses you know that are executive function difficulties that are very evident and so it's a case of understanding like hey i have these weaknesses i'm gonna work on them but i also have these strengths and coming with that balanced sense of self and being you know positive and aware at the same time and and sort of taking that into the world and knowing that you know you have things that people really value um as well as things that people you know that you want to work on and develop as you go thank you yeah the 
strengths-based approaches to, to coaching are just so important and to recognize that even if you are struggling in the moment right now, um, there are lots of things about you that you can do that other people cannot do yeah. <laughs> that are, you know, bring value that, you yeah. know, um, just, you got to keep, keep in sight even when you're struggling. Yeah. It's good to have them both in mind. I often say, you know, imagine, you know, you're in, you're a diverse person. You can, often we're great at, you know, coming up with three new ideas a day. Imagine if that was somebody else's job. Yeah. <laughs> they might struggle more with it, you know, but often our jobs are executive functioning and not so much that. Um, but but we, we do definitely have things that we bring to the table. And once you work on your struggles, um, you can start to really focus and hone in on those strengths and, and showcase them much more as well. Yeah. Thank you, Sky. Appreciate it. <laughs> no worries. It's great. To, yeah, great to be here. and Great to talk to you. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please consider leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere else you review podcasts. Show notes and links for Sky and Unconventional Organization with an S are at neurodiverging.com and also in the show notes below. Thank you again to my patrons for supporting this podcast and everything we do at Neurodiverging. You are all amazing, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your support. Join us for more at patreon.com slash neurodiverging, and I hope to see you there. Please remember, we are all in this together.